Welcome to Players Pod. It is Wednesday, 3rd of June. My name is Ben and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you today, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm very excited to be talking about football that has not yet taken place. As, as, ex- mm. as you know, much as I enjoy doing all those retrospectives, um, it is it is pretty exciting to be actually looking ahead to games that, um, yeah, have not happened yet and all the sort of... Yeah. Uh, Sit various situations still to be played out in the Premier League, I suppose. I've realised this week it's the first time that I've actually, since lockdown, that I've gone back to look at games from this season. Yeah. Uh, highlights from earlier on in the season and stuff. Just to sort of refresh my mind about, are we any good? I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, how was that, actually, looking looking at those old games? What was your... It, it's, sort of, it's a weird one because it does feel like a different season. It feels like last season. It feels yeah. like you've sort of gone through... And I think the fact that we are safe... The, and obviously we're going for Europe. It, it almost feels like we've completed it, if that makes sense. <laughs> obviously we've still got because we've got a chance of going into Europe and Champions League and all this sort of stuff. But the main aim of the season was to stay up. Mm-hmm. We've done that, so it almost feels like that season's ended, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally know what you mean. I mean, I just just before we came on air, um, on air. Sorry, that's not so pretentious. On air, right? <laughs> just, just, <laughs> before, just before, <laughs> just before we started recording. There we go. Um, United had tweeted a video. It's just like a little montage of um, Musa's goals, and I was just—I mm. just got this like, I think almost a feeling of vertigo watching it. It's in terms of like, when was this? Or was this? You know, he had like, um, like his goal against Arsenal, for example. Yeah, I mean that—that that feels like it was 2017 or something like that. It just feels. I the West Ham highlights, like the full 10 minutes highlights. Um, for some reason, it just came from my, you know, to watch, and I was like, I'll have a look at this. Mm. That. Was in January, which is not really that long, that ago. long it, ago. It feels about two seasons ago. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. I mean, next next week uh, next week's episode, we're going to talk. Um, I guess a bit of a refresher class next week on like the state mm-hmm. of play in the Premier League and United season up to this point. I guess just to get well get ourselves and, and hopefully everyone else back in the in the well, headspace. We talked yeah. privately, didn't we? My mate sent me a list of our squad and I'm like, who's Jack Robinson? Who's he? <laughs> like, I completely forgot that we signed him. <laughs> did you remember that Jack Rodwell is a United player? I didn't remember Jack Rodwell. I don't know why. He stuck in my mind. I suppose a bit more of a high-profile player maybe. But I, he, put, he just put Robinson, not Jack Robinson. I'm like, Robinson, you call him Robinson? No, he's not a defender. What are you on about? Like, yeah, yeah, Jack Robinson. <laughs> Completely forgot he existed. Oh dear, but yeah, we'll we'll do our, we'll do our catch up on um, state of play next week, I think. But I want to talk, yeah, just um, I guess about the end of the the end of this interval with football, I suppose, and and what it's going to be like seeing it come back. Um, obviously, behind closed doors. I think just just to get a couple of things out of the way up front. I mean, I do want to just. Lobbing this kind of obvious caveat and get this out of the way first. We we're going to talk about this purely as a, a football thing, and you know, not go over the sort of rights and wrongs of football coming back during a pandemic. Mm. Um, you know, the pandemic so pandemic is obviously clearly ongoing and has has had and continues yeah. to have a huge effect on people's lives. And yeah, I just uh, I, I'm I'm very conscious that we're going to talk for forty minutes or whatever here, and uh, I, I guess consciously not talk about those kinds of things that just yeah but to... we're not health experts so you know someone asked us to go on a, on a radio show didn't they, last week and talk about whether they think it was safer to come back i don't know i'm not you know you're not part of the you know, the, the health system so yeah indeed so i yeah i just wanted to get that in up front in case people think we're being uh, i guess blithe about the whole thing mm. that's uh, not the intention we just want to talk purely football at this stage i guess um oh one other thing before i get started 
we're, we're nominated for uh, a football content awards award at the FCAs. Yeah. Uh, this is surprising and quite. This, well, when you sent it, I think like you you sort of caveated with sort of. I think it'll just be one of those sort of things where everyone gets nominated, but it's actually like a proper award. <laughs> it's a proper award. So I'm very much aware of the FCAs, but yeah, I thought it was like a everyone gets a medal kind of thing. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, Bladespot is on the shortlist for best podcasts of um, of the Premier League, and it's there's only 10 on there, and they're all very, very big names. You've got the Anfield mm. Rap on here, you've got uh, Arsenal Fan TV... Uh, last word on Spurs, the Blue Room, the Spurs show. Mm. These are massive podcasts, and yeah. like, with all respect to ourselves, I, uh, I guess I was a little embarrassed to see us in that company. So I'm very, very grateful, Mister um, Anonymous uh, Person or people who who put us forward because not even I bothered to put us forward for this. <laughs> I'm afraid to say. Um, so yeah, that's that's very humbling. I was I was not even remotely expecting that we would be in the conversation for that. So I think we have to start like acting now that you know that we're uh, above everybody else. I think that's what you have to do when you get nominated for these sort of awards. So maybe <laughs> yeah. not speak to people in pubs and you know what I mean. Just like now, talk to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we don't even really have a proper theme tune, or and you know, I'm constantly panicking that I've not edited out our toilet breaks and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it often, uh, often features your uh, young daughter as well, doesn't it? It does, so, yeah. Putting in an maybe appearance. That's what swung it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll be. Uh, I'm sure she'll be there for anyone with uh, good headphones or sensitive hearing in the next uh, yeah. half an hour or so. Um, yeah, so that's that's very humbling to be on there. So yeah, big thank you to yeah whoever's uh, I guess put us into the mix for that. If you do want to go and vote for us, which would be even more humbling, I suppose. Uh, you can either go to my Twitter at BladesPod where there is a link or you can go to footballcontentawards.com and uh, yeah vote for us in vote United as well while you're there because obviously they're up for best social media and I think we've commented like throughout the season haven't we how good they've been as well indeed yes and and yeah you know similar kind of thing really it's not like you've got all 20 to choose from There's, I think there's 8 teams um, yeah, and yeah. We're, we're in there where is it uh, I'm trying to find the actual part of that one yeah, so it's absolutely superb, aren't we? Like Sheffield United's uh, social media, like in the last couple of seasons. To be fair, I think they, you know, I hope they do get some recognition. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I did, you know, I see these like um, sort of uh, social trends things that get treated, tweeted occasionally. It's like fan engagement on social media. Mm-hmm. United yeah. are absolutely destroying basically every yeah. other team in the Premier League on a sort of uh, per capita basis or whatever the number of number of subscribers to uh, the actual people who engage with it. So yeah. It's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty amazing. So yeah, go you can go vote for us there, footballcontentawards.com. Go vote for United, and uh, I think you should vote for Benjamin Bloom as well as my personal vote in the. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm Mark Goldbridge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always Mark Just Goldbridge. Purposes, he's not, he's not, he's not as a. Uh... Technically good as Benjamin Bloom, by any stretch of the imagination, but for entertainment volume a lot. It's a bit like you know Pink Floyd versus. Take that. Take that's really entertaining, I imagine, for some people. But uh, Pink Floyd are obviously the Benjamin Bloom. What an <laughs> that's analogy. A analogy. I don't know. <laughs> so, we're never going to win awards with analogies like that. Fine, <laughs> around, <to be> honest. <laughs> ah, that's superb. Right, let, let's talk about the fact it's coming back. Football is coming back. They announced last week the return of the Premier League. Uh, they've now announced the return of the um, Championship as well. But the Premier League starts in exactly two weeks. Two weeks and a few hours from right now. We'll yeah. be watching Sheffield United. We've not got a kickoff time yet, have we? No, uh, and that's that's one slightly curious thing. Yeah, there's no, they haven't announced any f- any actual fixtures yet, apart from 
the like the game weeks, if you like. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we know the running order, but we don't know totally the days and times. Um, mm. Yeah, before we get into those logistics, I think any do you, want, do you want to just say a few words about like how you've coped without football, how you how you found it? I guess what what you've had to resort to to alleviate the boredom because I. Well. Been getting fat um, very, very, very quickly. Uh, I've been playing Champman L102. Uh, my best ever achievement on it, actually. I, th- I told you, and I won, won the Premier League with Halifax. That sounds like I've cheated or something, but I, this is years and years and years of playing that game and, and never achieving anything. So I know all the best players, you know, like Chernos. Amber and Dunwell and Makuku and all these sort of people, but uh, yeah, so that that's uh, that helped me for the first bit. I've been having a few kickabouts in in a park where we're mate, just passing the ball. Realise I'm absolutely awful at football, um, and and then obviously researching for these pods as well, looking at you know people like Ad White, Simon Lappin, and Mamadou Set, <laughs> Reese Brown, things you know names I, ne- I never thought I'd say again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What about yourself? I suppose now you mention it, yeah, I've watched, a, I've probably watched more. United YouTube in the last couple of months yeah. than than I have in the in the seven or eight years up to that. Um, yeah, you did text me saying you've completed Football Manager, which completed it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that is a hell of a claim. Um, I mean, yeah, I really, I really missed all sport, I guess, um, and I, I'm glad it's starting to come back in uh, in some capacity. I suppose it's just you kind of realise what a, what a, a void in my free time mm. that makes i mean it's not it's know. interesting that you should say that because people are talking about i i were on the uh, i mean i will come to it later but i've been on a few forums see what they're saying about the season there's a few lot of quotes of things are more important than football you know why we're bothered about it and i, I completely understand that and maybe if we were supporting sheffield united under atkins and this had happened mm. we might have a different viewpoint but i think it just goes to show how, how important it is in terms of people's lives and I mean hobbies are a really really important thing I think people feel a bit lost without football now football's got people through many a tough time as well and there's something to focus on and mm-hmm. obviously these are tough times for, for everyone and, and more so for other people than, than others but I think it's really sort of shone a light on how important football is just the excitement and even though now we'd be in pre-season straight away you're talking about transfers aren't you and stuff yeah. it never really ends does it the football as yeah. as Mitchell and Webb do on that sketch, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, that is a great a great point you've made there. Um, I think in a, in a stupid way, maybe I'm uh, slightly unique in this, but I almost need it for the routine. Like I barely mm. know what day it is half the time. I mean, I, I didn't... so weird, and I yeah. find this in season as well. But there's normal. I mean, obviously every other other year there's a Euros or a World Cup or something. <clears throat> but I'm finding Saturday so weird, so strange that. I think I said it before that I feel like I know that I should be doing something at three o'clock. It's like my mind sort of in this stage of <clears throat> what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing something. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, as I said before, I've resorted to watching old baseball games on uh, on YouTube. Um, just in a, it's a good sport to have on in the background, and I think that's what I've really missed about sport. Actually, is something to have on in the background. You know, while you're making your dinner or yeah. just reading a book or just messing about on your phone or whatever, you know, I just, uh, I've missed that. And it, it looks like we're going to have an absolute feast of football when yeah. it comes back with games games staggered, like barely a day will go by when there's not a game on. So Yeah, and again, we'll come on to it later, but there's a lot of fans saying they won't watch it and stuff. I, I will be amazed if they've not got record audiences. Yeah, it's interesting, that, and that's kind of return what you're saying about we don't have a kickoff time for this first game yet because there is also yeah. on that day Arsenal and Man City and yeah. I imagine broadcasters are thinking that's a 
higher profile uh, restart the season kind yeah, of fixture. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's the curtain raiser or the one they finish with on the first night of football, aren't they? But yeah, yeah. I think one of them's. I believe one of them's going to be on the BBC. So I don't know. It was, yeah. To be honest, I, I just want it back now. You know, I'm not yeah. really, I'm not bothered what time it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one other thing I've been doing to to relieve the boredom is watching Bundesliga, which has been quite mm. instructive. I think they're in. I think they just played their fourth round of fixtures. Um, I've definitely yeah watched more of that in the last couple of weeks than I had it ever before, despite you know having access to it on uh, on BT for a couple of seasons. Um, and I think this is a good uh, a good point to sort of jump into. I guess what what to expect, what what football might be mm. like in a yeah a world where we've had a, an enforced break where the players have uh, you know not been able to train for what probably ten weeks something like that in terms yeah. of you know yeah. in, in terms of uh, contact training and um, in in groups that kind of thing uh, and obviously you know players are not conditioned to just randomly take a two month break in um, starting in the end of March so yeah it's um, th- there's going to be all kinds of sort of wrinkles i suppose that make this uh, a completely unique situation that hopefully um we never experience again so yeah i think watching with um watching bundesliga have you been able to watch any of this at all i've not actually I've, I've, you sent me a link obviously training out like we're watching some games but uh i've not got around to it to be honest it's i don't really know anything about bundesliga to be completely honest because i've not got bt i don't really follow it at all i've, I've been to a I've been to a Bayern Munich game actually in the past, but um, but I've obviously watched the highlights and stuff like that, and mm. it's a it's a strange one, isn't it? I've never I haven't watched the full game yet, but I've watched the highlights, and it it does feel like a training match. But I imagine the more you watch, the more normal that becomes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because I'd seen I, I have seen behind closed doors games before. Um, England obviously mm. played one against Croatia, maybe. 18 months yeah. ago or something like that. Well, against Turkey as well or something, but yeah. Uh, might well have been, yeah. There was actually before, um, just before uh, the lockdown kicked in, I think Manu played a Europa League game behind closed doors. Yeah, that's correct, like. yeah. yeah. Um, and I watched that, uh, and I've got to say, I, I absolutely hated it. It was it was horrible mm. watching that, uh, you know, compared to football with crowds. It was completely surreal, you know, this silent, empty stadiums where you can hear the players shouting to each other and, all that kind of stuff, you know, the managers are constantly making noise, and it's it was very surreal. Um, but then I watched, yeah, I watched the sort of the first few rounds of Bundesliga returning, and while it is strange, you do kind of, I think possibly just my mind's in a different place now of like just give me any football, and so you kind yeah. of uh, you kind of make some allowances for it. So if you've not seen it, I yeah. can tell you it is very it is very weird, but. At the same mm. time, it's better than no football at all. And actually, I guess one of the things that I was a bit worried about was um, like a lack of intensity in the games in terms of almost feeling like a preseason friendly or something like that, or a yeah, training game, yeah. like you said. But I haven't really noticed that in the games that I've watched. You know, teams seem completely up to speed in terms of uh, athleticism and footballing ability. You know, it doesn't isn't like everyone's completely knackered after sixty yeah. minutes or anything like that. And um, yeah, teams are still. This is in Germany, obviously. Teams are still flying into tackles, uh, getting in the referee's face. You know, all, yeah. all this kind of stuff, asking for yellow cards and stuff. So I, I, I'm hopeful. <laughs> obviously, just listed some less desirable things in football there, but I, I'm, I'm <laughs> hopeful. I know what you mean it's the normality of it. Yeah, exactly that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the fabric of football. I, I don't, I don't want the players to be, you know, playing like something's wrong if you know what I mean I'm hoping that instinct takes over and it yeah it feels like a normal spectacle because 
I want to see high quality games. Obviously, I want United yeah. to do really well, but yeah, just want that want that distraction back. Um, I did want to. I saw this from uh, Mark O'Hare on Twitter, who's a football betting analyst, and I thought this was quite interesting. It's sort of the breakdown of. Um, I sent this to you as well, of course. It's a breakdown of like how uh, Bundesliga had had sort of shaped up before the break and since football had resumed, and actually. The sort of stats of the games in terms of goals per game, uh, both teams scoring, favourites winning, all this kind of thing, corners per game, cards per game, are very, very similar between the two. There hasn't been a huge change yeah. in like the, the quality of football, if you want to boil it down to that kind of thing. But yeah. I guess the big thing, uh, the one big difference is that home form is completely out the window, it seems like, in in the four ga- four rounds of games so far, and which is yeah. good for us because our away form's amazing anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I thought that was quite fascinating. I didn't expect the. I mean, obviously, fans make a difference, but I didn't expect mm. it to be such a stark difference. And yeah, that was after just a couple of weeks where people are like, "Oh, you know, it might might just be a small sample kind of thing." But yeah, it does seem like every time I tune in now, the. Uh, the home team is dropping points. So, yeah. Is there any sort of uh, talk in Germany about the crowds coming back this season? Not that I've seen. I'd no, be, I've, I've seen a lot of this sort of 10,000 fans at Wembley, you know, for the FA Cup final hmm. report. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen these reports. Yeah, I, I did, yeah. And, uh, like, they, they want 50% of fans back by August and then hopefully 100% by December. That, oh, that's, like, the, the, the plan. I wonder, because obviously Germany are in front of us and seem to have handled it all, all a little bit better. So I was just wondering if they've sort of made any plans themselves about getting fans back in. Yeah, not not that I've seen, but, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a few other things that kind of jump out as, like, being quite surreal. So, obviously, seeing, you know, assistant managers with masks on, ball boys like sterilizing the ball, all this kind of thing. Socially mm. distant goal celebrations. That's uh... I don't understand any of this. I don't. Under- I mean, someone said like we're not. We obviously have a pre-match huddle. And we're not allowed to do it, but we're also we're allowed to start jostling for corners and stuff. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't really sit well with me that because I just think, you know, I don't. What I can't understand how you can go in for a fifty-fifty tackle, but you can't go up to someone and you know give them a hug when they scored. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know how enforceable it is. I mean, I've seen. It seems like teams do the sort of socially distant thing and then just give each other a hug and a slap on the back. Anyway, yeah. I, I must say I do quite like the uh, the sort of elbow forearm bump celebration. I'd, I, yeah, I, I think I could see that like lasting uh, well into the future as just a. I'd like you know. it to be like you know, like in nineteen thirties when they scored and they just run back to the centre circle, <laughs> shake <laughs> your hands, and that's it. That'd been quite good to see. Yeah, no, no shaking hands there. Not yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah, sorry, I don't even know rules myself. So, yeah, <laughs> so I'm glad I was able to remind you of that one. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, one other thing just to kind of cover off from this is. You know, while I think the intensity has been there, there have been a few sort of soft tissue issue, injuries, excuse me, cropping up uh, in the last couple of weeks. I think so. That might be something to yeah, keep an eye on. I, I know a lot of, uh, I know you hate this phrase, the null and void crowd, are uh, uh, sort of pointing towards these injuries that people are getting, aren't they, to a uh, reason why it shouldn't start up. But I don't think there's been any serious injuries, has there? Not that I'm aware of. I think it's just a sort of. Um, yeah, I mean the game's obviously uh, thick and fast to coin a phrase. It's you know mm. every every three or four days, um, and it, it, you know the how probably... many games left did they have in Bundesliga? Did you? Mm, I think it was about similar to the Premier League. I think it was like ten or twelve. That's obviously break, so I was just wondering whether they had le- more games to go. I'm, I'm not sure. You see, like I say, I don't really follow it. So yeah, not a, not appreciably different to what the Premier League has. 
Um, yeah. On the subject of, bund- of, of injury, sorry, uh, someone who we talked about on the last podcast and um, is in the news this week, and that is Lyle Taylor. Yeah. Who is He's refusing- come on, hasn't he, since, uh, <laughs> since his <laughs> Nigel Clough day, refusing to play and everything now. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's refusing to play for Charlton. Um, and I'm not just singling him out because he's certainly not alone. He has a couple of teammates who are, are doing the same thing. But they are, they're refusing to play because of the fear of injury, specifically. Not, um, mm. not coronavirus itself, but injury. Um, because uh, Taylor in particular, his contract is... I believe his contract is up at the end of this summer. Yeah. Um, and he... He has uh, he has his eyes on a on a move to a, a bigger team from uh, from Charlton and a, a payday. I mean he's he's thirty years old now. I I actually personally I think this is uh, my take on this is uh, it's pretty bad form, but I also understand it. I mean it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean I imagine that it, on the one hand you could turn around and say, well if you don't want to play, then don't pay him and all this sort of stuff. What I've seen people say, hmm. there's two other Charlton players who don't want to play or out on loan. I completely, I don't think you can fault them. They've, they've been told they're not going to get a contract by the end of the season, hmm. so they don't want to sort of be playing minutes here and there for Charlton, a club that don't want them, and get an injury and then not have a club. Uh, but the Wild Taylor thing, I can see both sides of it to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not bringing that up as a, a, a pile on for Lyle Taylor because. Uh, hmm. Uh, it's mainly just because we talked about him last week, really, and uh, it suddenly has popped up in the news again. But but also, I mean, you know, if that's a few players from Charlton doing that, and they're in, I mean, look where Charlton are. They're like, yeah. they're in the thick of a relegation battle, but not not one where they're doomed by any means. So, no, 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 all the so. I- they're not even, are they in the bottom three? I'm not looking. Yeah, this, is, this is a refresh. I've not looked at any tables <laughs> for, for for years. I believe <laughs> they are a couple of points from safety. Oh, no, they are in the bottom three. I've just looked now. They're, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. Third bottom, yeah, 39 points. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to bring it up because if that's a team uh, whose season is on the line and, you know, Lyle Taylor, without uh, without stretching things, is one of their better players, if he's refusing to play, it does kind of make you wonder if we'll see more and more of that in the next couple of weeks from uh, players whose, our, whose contracts are Our near neighbours have, uh, have a load of people out of contract at the end of this season. And a lot of them are aging players as well. So you wonder, will they want to play? Will they be able to feel the team? <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, it might be good for them, actually. I'm not sure. But <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, but it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, like, if, if you're a, a Wednesday player who, say, they don't get the points knocked off, you're 15th, you're not going to go up, you're not going to get in the playoffs. Mm. Do you want to risk that if you're not going to get a contract? I mean, they pretty much sort of said they're going to have a bit of a clear out. I think Gary Monk said that. If you're you're on the fringes of that team, probably not going to get a contract. Do you really want to play in a mid-table nothingness sort of, you know? Yeah, it's that balance of like put yourself in the shop window versus um, uh, yeah, getting injured. I mean, I, I think uh, in fact I read this earlier. There was a thing about um, Ryan Fraser at, at Bournemouth, um, mm. who's one of our probably one of our least favourite players this yeah, season. Yeah, he's, he's out of contract, isn't he? Exactly that, and and that mm. in a uh, you know post-COVID world. Uh, mm. Makes him very, very valuable because um, yeah. you know I, I imagine the transfer market is going to be very, um, uh, very depressed. I suppose if that's the right word, mm. I think it is. As yeah, in. I think you'll get your, th- <laughs> your four or five at the top who uh, are going to get money, whatever. But I think your, your mid-table Premiership clubs, I, I'd be surprised if they're spending the money they were before. Oh yeah, God, I'd be astonished. So someone like yeah. Fraser, if you know if Fraser's a good Premier League player, if you can. Get him without having to pay any money, then yeah, he's 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 going to make a lot of money basically. I think for mm. wherever he goes. So yeah, that's on a on a smaller scale. I imagine that'll be true of uh, quite a lot of out contract players as well around the leagues. Um, yeah. 
Right, let's, let's take a very quick break and then we'll talk specifically about uh, Sheffield United and, um, yeah, I suppose how this how this break and how this return might affect us. So back in one moment. Let's take a very quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Beer 52. Beer 52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, sign up and cover just the £4.95 for postage, and they will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. Because these aren't just any beers, Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer and deliver it straight to your door. They don't hold you to ransom, you can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. And we are back and we're going to talk about the Blades. And uh, yeah, well, I, I guess there's, there's a bit of housekeeping to do here because obviously we have some some players on loan this season, one of whom very high profile, Dean Henderson. Mm. Um, and, you know, the season should uh, the season should theoretically end in a month, but obviously it's not going to end for another two months. So we've been able to extend his loan contract. So he is here for the end of the season um, as it is now. And, and that's something the Premier League have kind of allowed all clubs to do is to extend. I, I was loan. never worried about that. I think it's much easier to extend a loan than it is a contract. Yeah. And I suppose there's absolutely no benefit to Henderson going back to Man United no. either. I don't think it's, it's highly unlikely they'd just be chucking him into a, a high profile game at yeah. the end of the season. Um, but I guess one player who uh, it, it doesn't look like we're we're taking this option to extend his loan contract is Mo Besic. Mm. Um, this was, I mean, it, you know, there was kind of tabloidy stuff the other day saying uh, saying we sent him back, we sent him home, and all this. And <laughs> from uh, I was looking at uh, what was it on uh, Liverpool Echo today, and there's no this isn't confirmed anywhere yet, but it does say like no, it was in the Shirecliff video a couple of days ago as well, trading mm. with the team. Yeah, so it's um, bah, 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 bah. yeah, it's, it's, it says that they understand it is not expected to extend his loan with United beyond the end of this month. So his loan contract mm. runs till the end of June. Uh, at which point, if we don't extend it, which obviously it sounds like it's an, an option kind of thing for us to, to do or to not do, then he'll return to Everton. I guess when, it, when you saw that, uh, yeah, what was your what was your thinking? I was surprised, really surprised. I, I think he's all right, Mobile. I like Mobile to be fair. I thought he, mm. in the few games he's played, he's done well. And I just think if we're going to have five substitutions in the games coming up, I think personally, I, I mean, not Wilder knows more than I do. I'm certainly not questioning him. But just my initial reaction is, well, it seems a bit strange. I know we've got backup. I know we've got Lundstrom. I know we've got Rodwell and you know certain other players, Freeman and stuff like that. But you never know with injuries. And if you're going to have five substitutions, surely you want as many players as you, you can around. Yes, yeah, it is. It is a bit of a strange one. I mean, my my initial reaction was like, um, you know, he's not our player. We probably, I don't know, he's he's not out of contract until next year. So um, I think there was a bit of. Uh, I, I think it's been bandied about that he's out of contract this summer, but it's actually no, he's not. It's actually, it's it's actually next summer. So it, it, I'd say it's pretty unlikely that he plays for his next season, like as in that we sign him permanently, because yeah, that's probably just not a good use of our resource. So so my thinking was, you know, he's not our player. Uh, we always obviously invested a lot of money in um, Sanderberg, uh, you know, in, in January. 
might as well give his minutes to players who we own, if you like, and we get benefit out of developing. But yeah, as you say, we're gonna we're gonna cram ten games for us uh, into um, what a little over seven weeks, something like that. Yeah. From mid June, I think we're to end. only like the January. Obviously, I look back at that West Ham game, and uh, he came on as a sub in that. It's not as if he's he was out of the team like for a long period of time. He lost his place in the squad around when Sander Berg came in, but. Mm. It wasn't as if he was sort of. If it were Jack Rodwell, I could understand it. You'd say, "Well, he's not. Hmm. He's not featured." Yeah, but he, you know, you're a prominent part of the first team squad all season. Yeah, I, I suppose that is that was the uh, warning signs, not right. But I guess the the first hint, I suppose, um, that he was. Uh, I guess that we were prioritising players that we actually own. Was yeah. yeah when it when he started to drop out of the actual first team squad, not because of because I remember he played pretty well up to that, and he, you know, I think he'd. Uh, so against Arsenal, I think he'd done well. He'd come on and done well, and then um, he kind of yeah, that's right. So Arsenal and West Ham both those games. He came on as a sub and did really well. And he started against Man City, and obviously did his uh, cynical challenge on um, oh, were it Laporte, weren't they? Laporte, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like he dropped out of the team because we've been playing badly. I think it was just like you know we, we've got Berger, we've got Lundstrom. You know we don't need that extra midfielder on. Um, so yeah, at the same time, a little surprised just because yes, all these games it's. You know, I'd say it's probable that we're going to get some injuries. I think we've been pretty fortunate with injuries all season, but yeah, it's hard to know uh, how it's going to shape I just, out. I just look back because I wasn't sure. You know, when we played Reading in the cup, obviously we played a bit of a changed team in that, and he didn't even get on the bench for that game. Mm, yeah, it was yeah. I remember feeling that was quite significant, unless he was. It wasn't suspended, was he? No, because it would have been suspended. No, no, it wasn't. Retzos came on uh, in midfield, actually, who is, you know, being touted as a, a, a defender, so... Yeah. Um, right, there's a couple of segue points here uh, based on things that you've just said, and we will start with uh, five substitutions, which you mentioned, mm. which, um, yeah, if anyone if anyone's missed this, uh, this is a, a new uh, IFAB and FIFA, I guess, ruling for... Seasons that are resuming. Bundesliga are doing it. Premier League are going to do it as well. And that is, uh, we're moving from three substitutes to five substitutions allowed. Um, and this is interesting. Yeah, basically it means you can swap five players during a game. But this is interesting in terms of, I think there's all different all different ways this can play out in terms of what this means for uh, United versus other teams, I suppose. Mm. I mean, I, I guess in theory, um, the bigger your squad, or, or the stronger your squad, I should say, um, the more benefit you'll get out of it because you can, you know, you are able to bring on better players essentially. But I, th- I thought, well, I, let me let me put the question to you: Do you, do you think this? Uh, do you think this helps us, hinders us relative to other teams, or or makes you know very little difference and isn't really worth thinking about? My first reaction was hinders, just purely because compared to other squads, we've we've not got the biggest squad. Uh, we've certainly got the backup in quality that you know. Man United have, I, I would have thought, you know, their second eleven would be better than our second eleven. But, I mean, you might be able to say more than I do, because obviously you've been watching the Bundesliga. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, would anyone want to make five substitutes in a match, if they could anyway, mm. to get into the swing? It's a whole new team, you know, to, to sort of throw on in, in one game. Like I said, you you might be able to answer this better than I can, but I don't know if I'd li- I like the idea of... We know our system to the you know to the to the letter, and we we only make substitutions really to change a game in our favour, don't we? We never we never sub Basham or O'Connell because they're tired or anything yeah. like that. So I don't know if it'll mean that much difference to us, to be honest. But I don't know what's what's your take. Yes, I guess there's a couple of strands there. There's, there's, I suppose there's how how I think we will use it, and and then the other one is kind of um, 
uh, I guess, how other teams will use it and how that might benefit or uh, or uh, hinder us, I suppose. I mean, yeah, yeah. As, he's, as you say, it's, it's extremely unlikely that we're going to be like, right, change the entire midfield and the strikers <laughs> at once. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, I think... I think it's Wolves, Leicester, and us are the have, have used the fewest number of players this yeah. season in the Premier League, and I don't I don't see that changing. I mean, as you say, we all the way through the season you've been basically able to name uh, nine of our first eleven up to the strikers, yeah. like pretty comfortably. But at least once we knew that Lundstrom was uh, was starting in midfield <laughs> from the start yeah, of the season, yeah, yeah. So, which was still surprising looking back on it. Um, what was I going to say? But then we have rotated the strikers, obviously. So I. I I see us benefiting in terms of um, being able to get minutes in the legs of some of these players who haven't had so much. So, you know, we suddenly... I, I'm trying to think who it is, but I think like Freeman, for example, Luke Freeman. Mm. There must have been loads of times this season when we would have loved to have brought him on. You know, we were like, we're, we've comfortably won a game or something like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, just you know, just let's give him 20 minutes or something like that. Certainly with... Um, with Berger now, I mean, I get the impression that we've maybe, you know, maybe started him a few times, kind of just to bring him up to speed rather than yeah. it being like the. I think it was the, uh, I think it was the Brighton home game. We had a little bit of a discussion about if you were just trying to win a one, maybe Bournemouth actually. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. If you're just trying to win a one-off game, we'd have played Lundstrom ahead of Berger because at mm. that point he knew the system better. Um, so, so we, like having more subs kind of overcomes that a little bit because we have some more flexibility. We, we're not going to reach a situation where we've made all three subs and then it's like, oh, you know, the game's dead. Can we? If only we could just chuck on another player or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. I think, as you say, other cl- the bigger clubs will definitely have that extra benefit of being able to bring on a higher quality of player. You know, they won't be bringing on Jack Robinson or you know Mo Besic, I guess. Yeah. Not, not these are bad players, Clark, but they could be making an appearance. <laughs> Who's that, sorry? Leon Clark. Leon Clark, yeah, of course, definitely. Indestructible um, Leon Clark. Yeah, I, I think one thing to just point out is there's still uh, there's still just these three substitution slots, in inverted commas, so uh, you only have three opportunities to make a substitution. You can't you can't make five individual subs yeah. in the and last And this is why I don't know if we'll use it. And this, I mean, I don't know what it's been like in the Bundesliga, but yeah, I, sure. Wilder doesn't seem... He's, I don't... I can't remember many double subs he's made. Mm. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that with Bundesliga. I've, I've genuinely not noticed mm. uh, in terms of like, yeah, I've not been watching a game and been like, flipping heck, another substitution. Oh, come on. Yeah. And I, I guess I just don't know enough about the, the squads yeah. themselves to, um, yeah, to totally know. Yeah, just looking now. So a game on Monday, uh, Cologne made five subs, although I don't know how many of them were late on, but then... Uh, Leipzig only made three, but that's just one game, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so fortunately we won't be seeing, you know, five individual subs in the last ten minutes to do the ultimate Norwich time waster yeah. thought. I'm just um, looking now, Bayern made five subs on when their last game and sort of Dusseldorf as well. So it seems people are using it. And a lot of these subs are coming in the uh, half an hour mark, it seems. Uh, what, with half an hour to go? Uh, sorry, half an hour to play. Yeah, not yeah. Half an hour. yeah, sorry, half an hour to play, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, it could shake up... Uh, you know, football tactics generally. I mean, I always find it slightly bizarre. This this is a complete tangent, but the the stigma over a player being a a player being brought on in the first half mm-hmm. uh, for not an injury, but then a substitute being substituted is like yeah. the ultimate shame in football. And I I don't I've never quite got my head around that. But players yeah, obviously. All. I mean, I'm, I remember a couple of games where that's how Pesky Pesky Solidale got 
substituted once in a game and when he came on he'd scored in that game as well and people have to like, why is he dead? But it made sense tactically for it for it to happen, you know. So yeah. So I, I mean, this will not happen overnight. But I think if we if five subs uh, is here to stay for forever in football, mm. then in theory you could see teams being like, you know, we've played half an hour. It's clearly not working. We need to completely change the shape of the team. Yeah. yeah. And actually making a substitution in the first half for tactical reasons and it becoming less of like a, a stigma of somebody being yanked off after half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, so, yeah. it's different. You can make four in the cup now, can't you, after 90 minutes? Yeah, um, yeah you get an extra sub in extra time. Yeah. And that doesn't so, seem to change much, to be fair. No, nah, that one seems to make total sense. I, yeah. guess. I suppose this is... Yeah, I guess this is made with that in mind, isn't it? Like, you know, we're, we're going to play a load of games in a short space of time. Uh, we want to give you the opportunity to rest players. So... To return to the the original point, I suppose I I don't see this benefiting us massively. I mean, the, the one thing you can spin is like, you know, we obviously play in quite a high high intensity way, so we know we can go full throttle because we can make extra substitutions if we need to. Yeah. Um. And you know, I'm sure there'll be a few specific examples of like uh, a game where someone's made all th- made three subs and then someone gets injured, and you know that would obviously ruin their chances normally. But now they'll be able to. Yeah, that player. So, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I don't think it like breaks the game or anything like that. I think it's a fair enough change, to be honest. I, and... I'm, to be honest, I'm just thinking now. I mean, obviously, it's going to be quite interesting how this happens for every club. How amazing is it that we're actually safe? And this is. Yeah. I, I, if you're in the relegation scrap and these sort of things are popping up, you must be really worrying for the likes of Villa, West Ham, or whatever. Just thinking. Well, how's that going to play in? You know, that's another thing to worry about alongside mm. the normal relegation stuff and the fitness issues and stuff. Worst case scenario for us is we're going to finish, you know, mid-table probably. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, I, I, I was slightly surprised that the... So some matches are going to take place at a neutral venue, aren't they? Mm. Although I did read this morning that that is... Uh, I think that is still to be confirmed. I think um, I think someone's jumped the gun a bit on that one. Uh, so, so watch the space on that. But Man, Man United uh, versus the Blades was... One of those games at a neutral venue, and, and I've got to say, I I didn't even raise an eyebrow at that. In terms of like, I was just sort of thinking, well, so what? I mean, it doesn't matter to us at all. I mean, I spent exactly. some views uh, for uh, what people think about football uh, coming back and stuff. And a Spurs fan said, "Why is Sheffield United Man United match? Uh, uh, you know, we play at a neutral venue." And one of them said, <clears throat> "They'll be selling the story of the remainder of the season, the battle for the Champions League. Once Liverpool win the league, obviously, you've got mm. the relegation battle and the battle for the Champions League. And this is a good one with the Man United, you know, the biggest team in the league against the underdog story in Sheffield United. So I don't know if that's why the reason they're doing it, or if it's just to keep fans away from what may be a Champions League playoff." Almost, you know, it sounds ridiculous saying that, doesn't it? But it does, but it is potentially true, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think that's our third game, isn't it? I believe. Yeah. In the restart. Um, yeah. Uh, the official reason is there was apparently crowd trouble between uh, these two sets of fans in 2016. So, um, yeah, the police. Well, Sheffield United, Manchester United. Yeah, it must have been that Adkins FA Cup tie, the uh, the one um, that D- Dean Hammond makes his uh, infamous tackle in the last minute. <laughs> yeah. the, the only memorable thing he did in, in the United shirt, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know what you were saying about how we're you know I look at that and I'm like, well, I don't really I don't really care. Like you know, play that neutral venue, play at Old Trafford, play it, you know, play wherever. Yeah, we're not going like away, so no, exactly. And, and and I don't, I'm not looking at that thinking like what's the marginal gain or the marginal loss of doing that? Whereas, as you say, a, a West Ham fan, a Bournemouth fan, for example, 
they probably will be looking at that and really yeah. fretting about it. Like, well, is that good for us? Is that bad for us? Like, oh, what does it mean, etc. So it's interesting. And, and yeah, this is a, another, you are the, the segue master today. This is another, <laughs> a, a great segue point here, um, which is, I think United's public attitude to, uh, I, I guess, to the, the lockdown and football being suspended and football coming back. And it's been very, very publicly bring it on from... almost aggressively i felt i've wrote down here you know that i'm more confident now of success than before the lockdown in terms of like maybe getting into europe simply due to our attitude compared to certain other clubs mm. and i think that's that's fascinating i mean whether it's true or not it's kind of beside the point really i mean it's you know for the club to be making such public noises and i said it's, it's you know it's all levels of the club and i mean while they were saying we're ready to play tomorrow. Like we, mm. we want to get back at it as long as it's safe to do so. Obviously, the yeah. you know I think they've been very careful about those things. But Baldock as well. There was an interview with him saying he, you know can't wait to get back at it. All the you know all the players on social media and stuff are all very much pushing this line. And I I think uh, it contrasts incredibly starkly with a lot of other teams. Yeah, who... I mean, the team we're coming up against next, Aston Villa, you had Tyrell Mings just a couple of days ago, didn't you? Saying. You don't think you don't know if it's safe and all this sort of stuff, and I understand all those worries, but it's just in terms of the the attitude of the games coming up. It's such it, it must be really difficult for to to raise yourself for a game when you're not sure if it's safe or you or you're not sh- not sure you, you even want to play in that game. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it's it is interesting. That, you know, there obviously uh, a lot of self interest um, uh, among the teams at yeah. the bottom. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, that attitude is so publicly pervasive, I guess. And this is it. Yeah, I'd, it would worry. Well, I'd be worried if it wasn't for the fact that every other team down the bottom is kind of <laughs> making the same noises, I suppose. So yeah. there's, there's almost no disadvantage. Be- well, but yeah, I'll you- do another segue here if you want. This is unbelievable. It's just like it. segue after segue. I, did, I, I went on a few uh, forums uh, yesterday just to see what people were saying about it. Uh, there's a poll on the Watford site, for instance, where he said, what do you think should happen? And 55% said null and void with no relegation, which is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norwich seemed to convince themselves that it would definitely be uh, voided the season. They seemed very surprised when the announcement came out. Uh, one of them said, as far as I'm concerned, these results don't even register. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, Manchester, Manchester City fans are furious. Like, really, they're saying it's all about money. It's like, you're Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good going one. on about money. But, they, yeah, they, they don't think it should be restarted. Bournemouth, in fairness to them, seems to be embracing it a lot more from the bits I've seen. A lot of gallows humour about, you know, mm. it's all going to be rubbish and stuff. But they believe that they can get out of it. They think what you just said, that other teams, you mentioned Mings a lot, saying he doesn't look like he's up for the fight and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, they they say about Mings here, I don't know if people agree with this or not, is um, he says it's all about money, but most of the money's actually going to the players. Mm. So he's sort of, yeah. West Ham fans are really not happy. Uh, They've very gone much down the uh, Karen Brady route. They say it's ridiculous to return and surely no one's even thinking about football right now. Uh, they think the the league should be scrapped uh, immediately, and he uh, said the integrity of the league uh, will mean that you know this season doesn't really register, and uh, they personally won't watch the games, and you know they really sort of proper do not want this season to continue more so than any other club that I found. Uh, wow. Man United are just slagging Liverpool off; <laughs> <laughs> they're not winning it properly, you know. They're saying it's a glorified pre-season tournament. Uh, but in terms of the sales, they're really confident because they've got Rashford back, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there will be. You know, there'll be a few teams who've 
Uh, I mean, Villa are one of them, I suppose. I guess yeah. McGinn and maybe Gre- uh, Grealish and McGinn, I think, have both been injured for a while, so they Spurs might be... Caden Son. The Spurs fans are really funny about it. They, they're so apathetic. It, it, they're happy football's back, but they're not happy about seeing Tottenham. <laughs> you know, this is the Mourinho factor. I was like, this is a, a quick tangent. I was on something for, I think it's like the Premier League fan zone or something like that. They, I was asked on that yeah. as a, a United representative in the, the chase for a Champions League spot. So I was obviously there with um, with a Man U fan, a Spurs fan, Chelsea, Arsenal, etc. And it just like this is randomly descended into like a twenty minute moan about Jose Mourinho between the Manu and the Spurs fan. Like just this this shared like, oh he ruined football for me. I was <laughs> just sat there twiddling my thumbs like, okay, fine, yeah. it's a bit awkward, but okay. Um But Spurs I, are very like I say apathetic about it. Um just a couple more that I got. Well, Wolves are really up for it. They've got actually a good, good, uh, good idea, actually. They're on about meeting up for a Zoom meeting before and after the game to sort of create a virtual pub. Nice. Uh, so, so, like, have a pre-match build-up as usual and then a post-match celebration slash post-mortem, depending on, obviously, what happens. But they're really up for it. Leicester are mega up for it. They're straight back into football chat mode on their forum, just sort of, right, he's going to play this and they're going to do this. And, you know, there's, there's no talk about the safety or anything like that, which yeah. is in complete contrast to Brighton. <laughs> Who, this is brilliant. This is a poll. Uh, it says, are you happy with the season restarting? A whopping no percent said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 100% of people like voted no. Which <laughs> is fantastic. So they're not up for it. They don't think it's safe. They don't think it's fair. They're up there with West Ham in, in the, you know, we really do not want this to be uh, played. And uh, Arsenal's poll, whether they should think it should be returned, with 31% yes, 52% no, and 60, 16% not bothered. <laughs> weird, isn't it? I want, I'd be interested to know what if you did a poll of United fans. I reckon it would be like... Oh, I think what, it would be Union United. Yeah. Ninety something, wouldn't it? I mean, this is ne- not necessarily the overall feelings of the fans of these clubs. These are just the general sense of the forms that I particularly went on. But I think it yeah. sort of backs up what we've heard, doesn't it, from the... You know, the teams at the bottom don't want it played. The teams at the top or who are, who are competing at the top who have, think they've had good seasons like ourselves and Wolves and Leicester mm. can't wait to get started again. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, very, from what you said there, you could, with a couple of exceptions being Spurs, I guess, but they've been they've been Mourinho'd. Mm. Uh, and I guess Man City because they just don't want to see Liverpool well, they, win Spurs the and Man City have had bad season by their standards. Yes, very good point, yeah. Um, but then otherwise you could probably draw a line between league position and... Uh, Enthusiasm. I mean, the, the sort of the unknowable is what the kind of rhetoric coming out of United would be mm. if we were like four points off relegation or something like that. Yeah, I'd uh, like to think it would still be like it's in our hands. Bring it on. Yeah, but I guess there's no way of knowing. I mean, like, I, we, we've. I think our ahead. fans, in particular, um, mm. not just our fans. I think it's the fact that what fans do would be, and we've just said it ourselves, we'd be worried saying, is it fair that we're going to finish mm-hmm. the season, really, in a different way to how it started? Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be no fans, there's going to be five subs. The rules have literally changed halfway mm-hmm. through the season. You know, is it is that fair? Uh, so I can I can understand the sort of... But what's the alternative? You know, we, we, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. We don't know if there's going to be a vaccine. We don't know how long it's going to be till crowds are allowed back in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Everything else is slowly getting back to work. My opinion is that I think football has to, I think sport has to, because it's it's just, it's an industry at the end of the day, and everything else point. seems to be slowly going back to work. And I don't know. I understand. I completely. It's not nothing is set set in stone or cut and dry. I think in this situation, but I just think when everyone else is going back to work and and you know technically putting their lives at risk, mm. footballers are getting three tests a day, and 
you know, they're saving people's lives in the sense that, you know, the club shops and little things like this, people who work in these sort of industries, it does need to reopen. Every industry needs to reopen if it's going to continue. Yes, quite. Um, what else is there to say about this? I mean, yeah, so I found the, I found the, the attitude thing quite fascinating and obviously it's very energizing from a united fan point of view just be like yes come on let's get back at it and i've got to say i i am incredibly excited to watch sheffield united play football again like so so excited i know there's not going to be fans there i know it's going to be a bit weird seeing an empty bromel lane and all these other stadiums and stuff like that but it's yeah. going to be yeah fantastic to see this team playing again um if the worst case scenario happens and say they'll play a couple of games and they have to postpone it again because the the uh, infection rates or whatever go up do you think they'll end it in terms of the play is this why we're playing first basically yeah i think without it without a shadow of a doubt yeah. i think i think that's definitely i mean obviously that opens loads of legal cases up and stuff but i, I do think this i think people who think this season is going to be void are, 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 i just don't see it now yeah, I mean that's. It sounds like that's just completely off the table, isn't it? And I think yeah. personally, I thought the. Uh, what can I say about this? I, I never thought it should be null and voided um, mm. at any stage. But I think the I biggest. I agree. I think it's gone too long. Yeah, but I thought the biggest stumbling block to it was the fact that teams have played an uneven number of games. I guess, or or rather, mm. the, the stumbling block to calculating a finish rather than actually playing out the games was um, was the fact yeah. there was an uneven number of fixtures played. So I think if you get everyone up to 29 or however many it is, I think it is 29, yeah. then it kind of makes more sense to me if, like, I don't know, something happens that means we have to sort of stop the season again immediately. So, yeah, yeah. yeah which I, I guess is okay. I mean, it's just the, the thing that did annoy, I guess annoyed me and baffled me was this idea of, like, just cancel, scrap this season and move on to the next one. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. There will be no next one if there is not the conditions to finish the season. I don't know. There are people who are like, I don't understand that at all. Of like, it's all right. You just just forget this one and just start again in a couple never, of months. I couldn't understand that argument at all because we don't know. Nobody knows what the future is going to be. You can't just say, if we were definitely right by August, there's definitely going to be this vaccine and no one's ever going to get this again. Yeah. Then, yeah, you may have an argument to say, well, let's just reconvene them. But no, this could be going on for years. You, what do you do? Yeah. You know, never play again. Yeah, so I think this is uh, you know as well as uh, as you say you know keeping the keeping the industry of football ticking over, giving us a distraction. This does also serve as a bit of testing ground, I suppose, for yeah what what football might look like for the foreseeable future. You know, get them to I guess iron out any uh, any potential kinks in the process of like uh, I guess safety and and how it's broadcast. I mean, I, I do want to talk about that actually. Just uh, again another good segue point, I think. Um, I guess what broadcasters could do to make football a bit less surreal, or uh, I guess it could still be surreal, but uh, in ways that it's not just an empty stadium. So we've obviously seen in Germany they've done things like, um, you know, the cardboard cutouts of fans on the seat. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. In fact, yeah, I sent you a picture, yeah, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. I saw the, uh, the sex dolls in South Korea as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like they like threw out the league for that or something. I was yeah, like, come on. Overreaction to what's happened, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. That really, really amused me. Um Yeah, the the uh the, the cardboard cardboard fans is a bit surreal and is um inevitably open to exploitation of um controversial figures, shall we say, being printed mm. on that. Would you get your would you get your mug printed out and stuck on a seat? Is that something that would interest you? Um I I am not that I would you know, if everyone else is I'll just follow the crowd, a bit of a sheep. So if, <laughs> if everyone else is doing it, I'll do it. But it's not something that I'm that bothered about to be honest, but 
Um, I mean, the other thing, like, is crowd noise. I mean, that's that's one of the. So, okay, here's the thing. I want to I want to approach this from the perspective of how can broadcasters make the next six weeks as enjoyable yeah. as possible for uh, fans at home, which is obviously a hundred percent of the fans. I mean, this is the thing. Like, football is about to become a purely armchair sport if you like a purely yeah. televised sport yeah. and you know that that's sort of long been a thing that's been kind of uh bandied about i suppose as like a yeah. bit of a you know armchair van, fans versus real fans well the real fans are armchair fans as of you know for the foreseeable future and yeah i watched that first round of bundesliga games and i gotta say i had to turn the co- i had to turn the sound off and just put some music on partly because um it was weird with silent stadiums but also the commentators kept going on about it. It kept breaking the immersion. I'm like, no, I don't yeah. need to be reminded every few minutes that this is weird. Like, it's, yeah. That's not helpful. And I hope that Sky, Amazon, BT, BBC, everyone that's carrying it, talk about football when football is on and don't be like, isn't it strange? You know, There should be 40,000 people in this stadium right now yeah. and da, 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 all this kind of thing. Like, Actually focus. You know, This is a great opportunity to actually... I don't know. Make make football an even better spectator sport. Experience, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. The, the crowd noise is a one thing that I thought you could maybe you could do it as like an optional thing. I mean, look, if you can do it in FIFA, surely you can. Uh, oh, surely yeah, you can yeah, have I'm crowd sure noise. There's ways you can do it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm no, no. I mean, I, I think it's going to be. Re- I mean, it's it's one thing watching Bundesliga highlights or Bundesliga games or whatever, and it's another when your team's involved. I think it's, it's going to be really strange, isn't it? Um, but like you say, I think I'd prefer to have some pipe noise in, personally. I think I think it'd be better for the players as well. Yeah, I know that Sky do... Uh, Sky obviously have their canned noise that they play whenever everyone's uh, yeah, ch- yeah. chanting that Sky TV is not very good. Every club sort of, you know, has a few chants and stuff put in. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a bit trite, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. Just sort of to make it more of a... I don't know, almost like to say that although the fans aren't there, the fans are still with you, they're still watching, they're still at home. You might, they might not be in the ground, but there's still yeah. just as many people watching at home cheering you on. I think that's, that's a great point. I'd really like, I'd like to see that embraced as like, you know, we are bringing football into your house. And I'd love to see the players like acknowledge that. I mean, um, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what the first game was, but it was, uh, Dortmund were at home that I watched, and uh, you know they have the famous yellow wall uh, stand behind one of the goals, yeah. which obviously is empty. But they Dortmund won that game, and they all went over to the yellow wall uh, that stand, and yeah, they all did the sort of like olays, like cheering to the crowd with you know the imaginary crowd at that point with big smiles on their faces. And I thought like I kind of needed that, you know, yeah. I, I need I need that sort of. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. A little bit of self-deprecation, like it's, you know, thanking the fans, and I don't know. I think maybe that's some important for for every club to try and get that across that the fans and the, the the club and the players are still together, even though they're apart physically. I think it yeah. is. I don't. It's hard to do, but I think it's really, really important that the players, for instance, if they can, in some way, sort of acknowledge that we are still all into the, in this together as a, as a as a fans and a club, because yeah. It really is important. It really, really is important, and I think that goes for every club in the in the in the world. Really, I think you know yeah. everyone always says without fans, you, you, there's no football, and I think this sort of has drove that point home in, in an unbelievably extreme fashion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, should we play Greasy Chip Butty before kickoff? Yeah, I was thinking. I'm not going to play their ghastly goal music when they score. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> Just like, 
quite so. Oh, it's awful. I, I can't remember. It's some sort of n- early like 90s, 90s dance, dance. Or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know exactly what it is. It's combination. Yeah. I can't. Anyway, you it's not combination, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's a good little start, and I think that it it it's sort of a. I don't know. I don't. I think our players. Are, I'm really not worried about that. But I think for other teams, it's going to be interesting for other teams to sort of. I don't know. I think we'll be very good with that sort of side of it. You know, letting the fans know that you know we're doing it for them and all that sort of stuff. I think we'll be good with that. I, I don't know about other clubs. It's going to be interesting to see. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I definitely do. Yeah. yeah I'm just trying sure. to sort of, uh, figure out my own mind as I'm speaking, but. I don't know. I think we'll be very good at it. I think we probably will play Greasy Chip Butter. Um, and I think we'll probably have a lot of fan interviews, uh, sorry, uh, player interviews where mention of the fans as well. Yeah, I can uh, I can absolutely see it. Uh, would you like to see the players uh, line up before kickoff and sing the Greasy Chip Butter song? Like, like the hacker. <laughs> make the other team like stand and wait. Yeah, or the hacker. I'd, I'd be up for that. You know, yeah. make the other team uh, stare as well. Yeah, yeah, why not? I'm sure. I think they'd be up for it, wouldn't they, to be fair, our players? It'd be good to see like other teams singing certain other songs, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> With very risky <laughs> words in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay, do you know what? I would be like only maybe 30% surprised if that happened. Mm. I could just see Sharp stood there leading, uh, leading yeah. the chorus of that before kick I off. think it'd be good for us, that, because obviously we have got one of the best chances in football. I think everyone neutral would sort of go along with yeah. that. One of the most unique, at least. And I don't know, we're up against Wolves doing their I.O. Wolverhampton song. I think I would, it'd just be a bit embarrassing for him, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, what, you know, you sort of see these things of like... Uh, I think Arsenal, I'm sure I saw this earlier, uh, are looking into like a almost like a Zoom board type thing where, you know, you have fans, like, projected onto the side that's of the screen. That's in Denmark, isn't it, I think? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that, sorry, yeah, that's the exact story, is that Arsenal have been in touch with right. uh, whichever Danish club or clubs are doing that yeah. to look into the logistics of it. I mean, I, I'm all for this. I, I, you know, I think, like, give it a go. What the hell? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a unique situation. It should be, I, you know, it's going to be weird whatever, I think, experiment with these kinds of things. I mean, Arsenal had that... They had that mural behind the uh, was it the North Bank? You know, yeah, that's in, right. Uh, yeah, when they when they the uh, did Highbury up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm all right with that kind of thing. I mean, you see, one thing I would like to see is like um, like lower angle cameras, if possible, to kind of minimise how often yeah. empty stands are shown, um, and uh, maybe like cover up the first few rows of seats as well with something. Just yeah, just just try and. Try and block out the fact that it's a weird scenario. It might scenario. help our players. A lot of them have played under like absolutely awful <laughs> attendances. Aren't they? All, yeah. What was come from the lower leagues and stuff. So, there's been a few times I've watched some of those Germany games. Have been like, this isn't that dissimilar to a crap championship game? To yeah. be honest, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where nobody's making any sound whatsoever, and you can hear the players talking to each other. It's not that unusual. Yeah, well, we obviously we've been through it in League One many a time, aren't we? At grounds like two or three thousand and stuff. So people like Chris Basham and you know uh, Billy Sharp and stuff. They, they, might be nothing to them yeah indeed um what else did we have to say about this i guess uh yeah i, I did just want to mention uh ollie norwood's hair his magnificent hair mm. have you seen this yeah slick back looks very very cool looks like he's back to i don't know sell you a car <laughs> <laughs> i was um i think for the all the last couple of seasons i've been like i look at jack Grealish and i'm like there's no way anyone at United would be allowed to have a haircut like that. And then you see, I saw Norwood and I was like, mm, 
that's quite good actually. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Keep it. Thing um, is, though, normal like an adult really looks like a school child. I think that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I think he's he's definitely got the uh, the best post lockdown haircut. I think of the of yeah. United's players. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see. Wait, so I think... Sorry, go on. Sir. Sorry, go no, on. no, go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like Moose has come back looking pretty trim as well, which I think few people were worried about. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose there's no, uh, there's no, not many eateries open, is there? We'll have to That's true. To that is very true. Yeah, strict diet, I suppose. But yeah, that's going to. I mean, yeah, that's what I was just going to say is, um, it's going to be interesting from a physical point of view how we look. I suppose you know, as I say, we play in mm. that physically intense fashion. Are we? I mean, geez, just imagine if, um, you know, Musse is like a full speed 90 minutes player suddenly. Like, that would be incredibly exciting. Uh, Imagine if, you know, um, well, I mean, they've not been able to train together very much, but I was just thinking, you know, imagine if Berger is like completely up to speed and Mm. is is like an utter boss in our midfield. I mean, not to. Obviously, we'll come more to the Villa match in in itself, particularly that match uh, next week or whatever we do this podcast, but. That game is, I mean, I mentioned this last week, is so big for them, isn't it? Just in mm. case, the, if, if the season does end, I mean, look, you said earlier that it probably will, you know, it's not, it's not going to be avoided now. So, you know, there's every chance that, not every chance, but there's a chance that they could sort of lose that game and that's them literally relegated straight off if the, if the season gets yeah. cancelled. They've got to be coming at us, aren't they, like an ounce on fire? And I think that... I don't know. I think that we'll that it'll be a really tough game. But I, I don't know. They've said themselves in the view from that I did that they, you know, are the teams that they have rather have not played. We're up there. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Man City, Liverpool, and Sheffield United, the, the three teams you don't want to face coming off this break. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, I do wonder how much. I mean, it's probably not that much at all. These are professionals at the top level we're talking about, but you do wonder how. If at all, we get a little bit of an edge just in the positive noises that have been made mm. about constantly just itching to get back playing. Um, I was going to say, come back, fire, might lose every game. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but then, I mean, I think as I said to you privately, I almost don't care. Like, mm. I just, yeah, I just want to see United finish this season, play play all these games. So I'm not going to be uh, too upset if we lose our first three games and our season's kind, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. kind of done by that point. Um, I mean, one... And then we'll end on this point, I guess, because uh, our season won't be done if we lose our first three games because the FA Cup is also yeah. coming back. Mm. How surprised were you by that? Really surprised. I thought that is something that they maybe could have cancelled until next season or, or even mm. cancelled altogether, which is because obviously there's no. You've obviously got far in this competition and it's only fair to finish it, but it's not the same as the league, is it? It's not where no. you've put 30, well, sorry, 29 games in or whatever it is people have played and gone through all the season realistically I mean how many games we want to get to this every team in it have only won three games aren't they to get to the the stage they're at so I think I wouldn't have, I'd have been disappointed if they'd have cancelled it but I think that would have had more you know logic to it than cancelling the season put it that way mm, I, I I think I would have liked to have seen this bounce to another season and mm. just just start in just ha- play out the play out the rest of the FA Cup in like the first part of the season because yeah. Uh, from memory, every team that's in the quarterfinals is like isn't going to enter. Say football starts as normal yeah. uh, on a normal calendar next season, which yeah, it's probably quite unlikely. But um, if it did, every team that's in the quarterfinals of this competition are not going to play again until January next season when the third round starts. Yeah. So you could easily finish the FA Cup next season when maybe yeah you could even give them a buy in the League Cups or something like that, couldn't you? To I don't know. Yeah. To, to, uh, so I'm, uh, 
I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not upset that it's coming back or anything. I just thought it was a bit unnecessary in a way. Like, but I, I guess they just want to finish it off. That's fair enough. I, I get, I get the logic, yeah. I suppose. Um, I, I do wonder where the semi-finals and indeed the final will take place if they'll still be at Wembley. I don't. That's not been confirmed yet. No, it's not. No, I mean, there's, I was, I said earlier. Obviously, there's rumours about it. You know, allowing ten thousand fans in or whatever. But yeah, nothing's been confirmed. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of sort of on the hoof, isn't it? Just to see how things go. And I think that's what's happening yeah. in Germany to a degree as well. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the quarterfinals are scheduled to take place on the weekend of uh, the twenty seventh to the twenty eighth of June. So that's. 10 days after we restart mm. and the final on August 1st so yeah very much trying to wrap it up as quickly as possible so I mean yeah, we, yeah. we could end up playing what is that that'd be 13 games in like yeah um, 6 weeks essentially. yeah yeah it's a lot yeah yeah but uh, I'm all for it feast of football and then uh, and then an actual summer break I think so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'm I'm just so so excited. Overall, you know, we talked about some of the, I guess the the difficulties and the the strangeness of what we're about to watch, I suppose. But over my overall feeling is just I can't wait to. Have yeah, I think back. I think the first couple of weeks there'll be, especially from teams who lose as well, there'll be sort of this. This is not proper football, you know. This is not, and then I think people will get used to it. Um, and it's only six weeks and it's like you say it's better than nothing and this is easy for us to say and I think it is easy to say this but obviously we're in a position where we've already done what we set out to achieve at the beginning of the season obviously we could get even more but we are in a bit of a risk-free situation aren't we I I do see why the likes of Villa and Norwich or whatever you know down there are, are, are thinking or even Man United obviously it's a big thing for them to get in the Champions League are thinking well, well this is this is not right this is not real this is not but it's brilliant I, I just think for, for Sheffield United fans we're, we're in, the, in a better position than almost anybody in the league to enjoy it yeah for sure with uh, yeah so so little to lose and mm. very much indeed to gain um, right mate let us leave it there have you got anything uh, anything you want to push from a, a view from perspective uh, no obviously the, the, the main one will be back next week won't it yeah no, the week after whatever it is I, I don't even know what date it is anymore honestly <laughs> uh, yeah um, I, I, I did get a few requests actually after we did the uh, what you know the podcast when we got promoted uh, from pe- mm. a full list of people's views from when we lost, lost after Millwall so I might try and get that together at some point this week Wait, from the... Uh, from our own fans. <laughs> from which season? Sorry, when we lost to uh, Millwall uh, under Wilder in our first season. It, under oh, season. I see. So, what, so when we were bottom of the league? When we were bottom of the league, and I obviously read a few out on the podcast, and uh, people were saying, oh, have you, have you got any more? You know, Can you do a view from on that? So I'll try and get that done uh, sometime mm. this week and uh, not add any names to embarrass anybody. <laughs> if I... I just feel like... Millwall have ruined our season. Not ruined our season, but I feel like most of our low points have been against Millwall in, in Wilder's tenure. Because obviously there's that one. Yeah. They kind of ended our playoff run the next season with that instant goal. They almost ended our promotion run the following season with the yeah. last-minute equaliser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a bogey side, aren't they, for Wilder? But oh, we did... No, oh, no, we, we obviously didn't do the double double. We still got that last minute goal, like you said. Beat, I think he's only beaten once actually, twice. Tweet beaten twice. Yeah, is that including the FA Cup? Oh, three times. No, I'm thinking ah, the easy. season uh, we went, we got promoted where we won two and all, and Freeman scored. And oh, oh yeah, yeah. Worst, worst bogey side ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people bogey side. Um, but yeah, let's leave it there, mate. Next week we're we're going to talk specifically about yeah the. Uh, 
the the lay of the land in the Premier League. Mm. What's what is up for grabs for United? Uh, the teams at the bottom, the teams around us in uh, in our bid to qualify for the Champions League, I suppose, and just yeah, yeah a bit of a, a bit of a refresher lesson for uh, for ourselves and for everyone listening, I suppose. And we will also, of course, preview Sheffield United against Aston Villa, our trip to Villa Park, and then uh, the week after that, we're going to do a podcast talking about a game of football that United have played. That's going to be great. Yeah, incredible. Very excited. Nice one, mate. All right, take care of yourself. Thanks yeah, for, to you, mate. Cheers. Thanks, as always, for your time. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening to Blaze Pod. as always. Before I leave you a quick message from the Den Blades fanzine, who are one of the sponsors of the podcast, they would like to thank their subscribers for their patience during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they haven't been spending time on long countryside drives testing their eyesight but to their immense frustration, they have unfortunately failed to produce uh, a publication so far this year due to the pandemic. The good news is they have everything in place to print, package and post issue five as soon as their printers can accommodate them. And that should happen quite soon. However, they do want to let you know about a change to the way the subscription will work. And they've written to every subscriber to explain this. So do check your email if you've not already. The way this works, the subscription promises four fanzines in the calendar year of 2020, but unfortunately they're going to have to break that promise due to the pandemic. So instead of attempting to rush through every fanzine between now and December, they are instead going to change it so that the Denblade season ticket will run alongside the football calendar starting in summer 2020. So... If you've subscribed already, nothing is changing except the time of year. You can expect to receive the fanzine in this summer, in this autumn, this winter, and then in spring 2021. And once again, everyone at Denblades would like to thank everyone who subscribed and supported the fanzine. They hope to be dropping a new edition through your letterbox very, very soon indeed. For more information on this, head to denblades.co.uk. That's denblades.co.uk. And thank you once again for listening and downloading, and we will be back next week. Cheers. Hold up. 